follow the adventures of a librarian turned sniper, Liberty Schoenhauer, who finds that aliens started the zombie apocalypse. These things happen. She is aided by the great uncle Danny Toughest Nails, and together they try and save as many people in the book Liberty's Run. Book one is out now at Amazon and Mythmart, and book two is coming soon in August. And now, enjoy this free JZO Modcast show. Welcome to My Public Life as an American Nerd, the podcast that may or may not be directed by James Cameron in the future as opposed <laughs> to Avatar 4 and 5. Um, I'm your host, Kevin. And with me today, we got some really, really cool guests. I'm really excited to talk to these guys. We're going to be talking about some cool movie news. We're going to be uh, doing a really cool um I countdown of the top 10 movies of 2022 so far. Um, so let me just introduce these guys because uh, they're freaking awesome um host of the uh first off, i need to introduce a uh, uh, host of the cinemas podcast um awesome guys joined us numerous times on the pastrami nation podcast and i'm so happy to have him here with us today mr brandon treadway how you doing man doing good um thank you i'm i'm super glad to be here um i'm looking forward to uh talking some movies talking some uh geek nerd stuff so yeah, exactly. That's what we do here. And also with me, you guys can't see him, but he's here. Uh, he's otherwise known as the Godfather of Toys. He's the co-host of the uh, Pastrami Nation Brick Therapy podcast with me. Uh, he's a frequent uh, guest on the uh, Pastrami Nation podcast, uh, Mr. Christian Nakorda. How you doing, man? Doing good, gentlemen. Two of my favorite people to talk nerd with. <laughs> oh, we are happy right to hear you. that. Yeah. yeah, it's so exciting. I'm happy to have you guys here. Uh, we have some pretty fun stuff to talk about today. Um, so before we get into our top 10, let's just talk about the nerdy news of the week, man. There's been quite a bit of stuff that's been popping up over the last week or two. Um, uh, one of my most, I'm just fascinated by, let's talk Avatar a little bit. Let's talk James Cameron. Let's talk Avatar. Let's get it going. So as we all know. Why is there a new one coming out? Oh, yeah. Five of them? You <laughs> think maybe something, <laughs> something like that. That's what I've heard. I don't know. Um, but uh, so we have confer- confirmation that, you know, we have what, four more coming out for sure, right? Or is it five? I think it's four. Um, I believe that we have five total Avatar movies. Five so total. four more are coming out. Four more. Um, I think he said one- that he wants to do a total of six. That's that's insane. It's crazy. Um, the first one, first of it's which some, is coming it's some out. New ideas, James. <laughs> <laughs> well, the first of which, I mean, we'll get to that. He's he's talking about new ideas. Um, but uh, the you know the first of which, uh, first Avatar: The Way of Water comes out this what December, mm. I believe, mm-hmm. comes out this winter, um, with the plan of releasing one every year. I believe if that's if I'm not mistaken. I be- I think they've already filmed. They filmed two and three right. back to back. Okay, yeah. So they're I believe they're planning on releasing the third one next year um but first let's talk about avatar and the temperature in the room and uh, what are you guys feeling about avatar are you guys excited about avatar 2 are you guys 
you know, what are your guys' thoughts on Avatar 2? So far, are you? Christian, go ahead. Uh, I'll go. Um, I, you know, honestly, and and I think it's it's kind of like a really common thing that everybody's talking about. Like it's this would have I would have been super excited for this in like 2013 or 2012. You know, um, I was one of the people that really really enjoyed the movie when it came out. Um, I think like we at school we were like really kind of dissecting the effects of it, and I think that's why I was probably so so into it. Um, but you know, I mean, it's it's not bad. I don't think James Ca- I, James Cameron has made a movie that I didn't really enjoy. Um, but you know, I'm I don't know. I I know he has like this obsession with like water and the ocean um, between like the abyss and Titanic and all of his documentaries and everything. Um, so of course, let's go. Let's do this. Let's get wet. Um, I get it. Um, so I mean, I I I know that I'm saying like meh. And I have a feeling as soon as that movie comes out, I'd be like, oh, my God, like, I'm probably going to lose my mind. Um, so we'll see. I, I, I'm happy to see it, uh, but I didn't ask for it. I guess that's sh- yeah. short. No, that makes sense. What about short you? Um, <clears throat> so I think that I'm in an interesting position in the sense that I did not. I'm one of the few, I guess, that did not see Avatar in the theater. Um, so I was actually out of the country when Avatar came out. I was living in the Philippines at the time. Uh, just didn't get to the, you know, I didn't get to see Avatar in the theater. So <clears throat> all the crazy spectacle of the 3D and the theater experience that came along with that, I wasn't really a part of that zeitgeist, so to speak. So when I saw it, it was, you know, on home video, Blu-ray. And I will say I really liked what I saw the first time. And then I saw it a second time, like two days later. And, you know, this is the same rental from Blockbuster. (laughs) (laughs) That's how old this movie is. And uh, on rewatch, just two days later, I was like, I don't find myself as like engaged with this as I thought I would be. Like the first time I was so just in like into the visuals i had never seen anything like that none of us really had right i mean it was a big step forward for you know cg environments i mean christian you're talking about how i mean it's a film studied by cg artists right at the time so but uh i i think that almost immediately i was like i i think i love this on a more visual level than I do essentially on a narrative level. Um, And then once I started to kind of think through, you know, the narrative, I mean, it's, it's basically, you know, like cold leftovers at this point, it's Pocahontas, Mm. it's Ferngully, it's Dances with Wolves, it's Mm. Last Samurai. I mean, like just pick your movie. Right. Um, And that's to say, I I think that like, I don't know. I, I, I do think that the movie gets unnecessary hate for using that, like those tropes. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not like people had the same arguments when those other movies came out. It's not like right. when exactly. Pocahontas came out, they're like, this is just Dances with Wolves. Or right. when, you know, Fern Gold, you know, like yeah. people haven't had that, that criticism. But I do think the size of Avatar kind of uh, made it a magnet for more criticism. Uh, I am, I mean, I watch everything, so I'm, I'm not going to not see this. Right, You're right. not going to find me, you know, when I can see a James Cameron movie in the theater, like I'm going to be there, you know, last, last, uh, episode, um, here on this podcast, 
Kevin was talking about how Titanic is coming to the theater in February. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to be there. You know what <laughs> I mean? Like, I'm not going to miss that opportunity. So, um, but in terms of a sequel, I is, are we in legacy sequel territory at this point? Like, it almost... It almost feels like it. Like, it has to be. Like, that's what it feels like to me. And that's why I'm Yeah, curious. like, what's the cutoff for a legacy sequel? Yeah. 10 years? Like, what? I feel like we need to have a cutoff. Yeah. And, uh, no, I... But... I'm interested to see what he does with the second one. Um, the character, some of the characters, so like Stephen Lang's character is back and mm-hmm. he's like in an, uh, what are they called? Navi? He's yeah. in a Navi right. now. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> From so, the last I mean, report that I, that I read, Sigourney Weaver is playing a teenager. A teenager. Yeah. yeah. Um, Which I also I, saw where James Cameron was like, look, don't cry about how long this movie is. Like, just don't right. take a piss. Like, like, yeah that's come a, back yeah no that's exactly one thing that i wanted to bring up too i wonder so not to cut you off i do apologize for that no, you're good um but uh, let's just talk about just avatar real quick and when i saw i saw it at theaters when it first opened i was waiting in line i went to go mm-hmm. check it out um and it was it's still to this day the most immersive craziest awesome like 3d uh theatrical experience i've ever had it holds up on that level upon rewatches i find myself kind of distancing from it more and not really appreciating it as much as i used to when it first came out mm-hmm. um even when it first came out like i was excited for it i saw it it was great to see at theaters but even then it was still it was it was cool you know and it wasn't because it was fern Gully or all, any of this stuff it just didn't really connect with me 100%. It was the 3D and it was James Cameron doing his thing, giving you this big spectacle, right? Um, but, you know, we went to Disney World earlier this year and they have the big Pandora land and everything like that, which is really cool. They have the, mm-hmm. the ride where you get to ride on the uh, Banshee or whatever and do all that stuff. But I felt like no connection to that world when I went there at all. I was kind of like, this is cool. It's Disney. But like, again, I was kind of like second guessing if I even really cared too much for Avatar in general. Mm-hmm. Watched it again when we got back. I was like, yeah, it's fine. It's good. It's, so it's they're James doing Cameron. a theatrical re-release in September. Right. <laughs> um, what she's talked about. Um, I, I think there's like two thoughts at play there. Like one is obviously like, hey, let's make let's reacquaint people with you know, this world before we drop this in December. The second part of it has to be like, we lost our number one spot. (laughs) (laughs) Oh yeah. But again, it's I find that really funny too, because now it's just, I mean, now that Disney owns Fox, it's like Disney's just competing with itself. Yeah. Between Endgame. Well, yes, but this is James Cameron. It is. Look, I love him as a filmmaker. He is such a conceited guy. (laughs) Oh, he is. He, he thinks he's the best director in the world, which I mean, he's amazing. I'm not going to take that from him, but he loves, I don't know if anyone loves him as much as he does. (laughs) Yeah, no, I don't think so either. Um, And I think that the, you know, I think the hype around avatar has kind of you know, I, I've always said, you know, you can't discount James Cameron, especially when it comes to his sequels. You know, like he's mm-hmm. made some of the greatest sequels of all yeah. time. Yeah. So probably I mean, the two best ever. The two best. Yeah. Aliens uh, and Terminator and 2. Terminator two, two of the three best ever. Yeah. Two of the three best. <laughs> but yeah, he's still like Terminator 2 to me is one of my, it's like top, 
like five movies of all time like yeah legitimately like just amazing movie um i mean it's no paddington too but it's pretty it's close no, <laughs> it's no paddington too but it's pretty close comes pretty darn close um <laughs> but i think um i think people are kind of like if i think a lot of people like james cameron fans are going to go watch it i think there is a market for it i think avatar you know as a name and as a brand obviously they opened a whole, like I said, you know, I mentioned the Disney world thing earlier, like they opened a whole land dedicated to avatar. And I don't know if that's just, you know, James Cameron being conceited and just selling himself to Disney so hard that Disney was like, all right, man, like we'll give you this. Or if the public is still hungry for avatar. Yeah. And um, he, that's kind of what he said. He's like, look, we're going to find out like all y'all been saying that no one cares about the sequel, but he basically was like, I call your guys bluff. He said, let the trolls, what do you say? Like, let the trolls speak or something yeah, like that? Yeah, I actually have the quote right here. <laughs> what do you say? The trolls will have it that nobody gives an S and they can't remember the characters' names or one darn thing that happened in the movie. Then they see the movie again and go, oh, okay, excuse me. Let me just shut the F up right now. So I'm not worried about I mean, that. considering everything you guys just said about the rewatches, I don't like, let's, let's be a little yeah. bit more realistic about that, James. Um, I mean, I'll 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 see it, but oh, he's yeah, he's got to, they've got to create that hype. You know what I mean? Like, then obviously the, with the re-release, we'll see if it happens. You know what I mean? Like, there's there's been a lot of surprises at the box office this year with the uh, Top Gun, everything all everywhere all at once. You know, being the the top runner for a twenty four. Um, you know, anything's possible. So I don't know mm-hmm. what's what's it up against this December. Oh, it's still might it still be up against Top Gun Maverick? I mean, that thing's <laughs> not going anywhere. It's very possible. And also, Minions man. Two is En Fuego, dude. Perfect little segue. Yeah, <laughs> Minions. Let's you know. Let's talk. Well, let, let's talk about Minions Two a little bit, right? Like Minions Two is blowing up right now. There's a whole, uh, you know, uh, there's a whole online movement, TikTok, all these things about Minions Two, and whether it's being done sarcastically or people are genuinely excited from it, the nostalgia factor, which could be because these kids are growing up now, right? So they're able to use TikTok and stuff. So they're able to use their power and use their force. But there's kind of been this, this, uh, this online renaissance for people to go see Minions too. And it's been working. It went, you know, I talked about it last week too. It started out, it was, or no, actually I talked about it this week, but the 70, um, it was, it was only targeted to hit 70 million and it hit double that. You know what I mean? Triple. Like it doubled that. 212. Was oh that? my god! Got two hundred and twelve million over the weekend. Two hundred and twelve million, like that's insane. <laughs> Nobody expected that, and of course, it's the Gen Z influence. It's the and Gen this. Z. This is why I think this story is so interesting. Yes, is because what like between this and Morbius, studios are like we don't know what to do anymore. <laughs> <clears throat> you have Morbius <laughs> that bombs, right, and then everyone memes it to death. And they go, okay, well, let's re-release it. Apparently, everyone wants <sighs> to see this. Like, the memes are there. Like, let's ride the meme wave. They ride the meme wave, and it bombs again. <laughs> so then Minions comes out. Meme wave, 212 million. Studios have got to be like, what do you do? Like, what, what yeah, do we do? <laughs> like, do we have to? Like, I, I think what's going to happen um, is that you're going to have studios reaching out and trying to find influencers to create 
theater going trends like the minions thing. So the minions thing for anyone who doesn't know is that you have teenagers going to the theater in droves wearing suits. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's so stupid, but I mean, like it's, it's really funny. Like the whole joke behind it is like, this is peak cinema. So we have to dress for as if this was like Cannes film festival. Um, And so like, I, I don't know, like do studios try and, influence create they absolutely meme do. trends of theater going experiences i, I think that's, that's the next you, step that yeah that's what you have to do now like i feel like in this especially with 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 covid and the effect it had on the movie industry i feel like you have to make it you have to give people a reason to go back to theaters right i mean obviously we've kind of seen this you know uh you know top gun obviously is just dominating right that's because people want to see it like so many people want to see it but you have to create an event around it. You have to have all these TikTokers. You have to have all these influences talking about it for people to go see these things now, especially the younger generation. They're so used to streaming now. They don't have to leave their house. I'm not saying they're lazy. I'm not saying anything like that. But I feel like there is a generation coming up where they're so used to a certain thing. Like, you know, my kids, for example, they were all, you know, COVID only lasted for two years, but there are, you know, they, they, they like going to the movies. But on the other hand, they're like, can't we just like, stream it and it's like yeah. no you can't like you know it's at the theaters i mean yeah, so I, they have to u.s box out. office yeah so it was 107 million so the 212 is worldwide for minions uh, this is crazy though that top yeah. gun is still number two that's insane yeah, that's amazing. insane but speaking of the online kind of influence do you guys remember so i'm sure you guys know of the movie snakes on the plane oh yeah <laughs> yeah Jackson. And I remember, I remember vividly like that, that, you know, back when I, MySpace was still a big thing. Like that was oh, like, that dominated MySpace. Like it was everywhere. That soundtrack was just like, you couldn't get away from it. Right. It had all these really, you know, fallout boy, Coheed and Cambria, like all these big bands that were blowing up at the time. Um, but it was this big online push for people to go see the movie. I don't know if it was pushed by the studio or what, but it became this thing but then the movie came out and it flopped. It didn't do nearly as well as they were hoping it would do. So I'm wondering if that was kind of a lesson that they learned trying to use social media and then pull back on it. But now suddenly are realizing, hey, maybe it is a good thing again. I'm not saying that's like the perfect example. I mean, example. Snakes, Snakes on a Plane was what, 15 years ago? Oh, it, was, it was a while back. Yeah, like it was a while back. Park, yeah. And yeah. it's crazy because I think it was just like a couple months ago when that whole, I don't know if you guys heard about that whole like Halsey uh, the the recording artist who was trying to yeah. release her single and oh yeah the stu- studio was like we're not releasing it until you can make like a viral dance out of it on tiktok mm-hmm. you know like they wanted to do like what like lizzo was doing at the time and what like a lot of the songs are doing mm-hmm. um and like she made a whole big stink mm-hmm. about it and like ended up becoming viral for that um and they released the, the single which i i still don't think i've heard um but I, I mean, so it's know, working. Yeah, I mean, you know, with music, I, I know that they're trying to do the same thing with the movies too. But like, you know, like when you're just scrolling through TikTok, you hear the same song. Like, like now it's Metallica because of, oh, yeah. you know what I mean? Like Master of Puppets, which I'm happy to hear over and over mm-hmm. and over again. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But like it just in kind of. I mean, it's a welcome song. change. It's, I, I got so sick of that Kate Bush song. I know. I loved it when it came out, but now I'm like, okay, so I'll... I, I was like, there's no way that Max is still listening to this damn song. Like, <laughs> that can't, I can't I'm listening to it more than she is. <laughs> so, I mean, I, I, I do get, like, I, I think the studios are just trying to adjust with, like, how 
kids are are taking in uh, their their media now. You know what I mean? And it's it's funny because so many people still talk so much mess about like TikTok. They're like, oh, TikTok. Like I'm too old for TikTok. Yeah, you still like show me those same exact TikTok videos on Instagram. It's just like a week later. You know what I mean? It's like you don't have to be embarrassed by TikTok. It's okay. Yeah, no, absolutely. Like TikTok's the the, the new trend. Like everyone's using it. Everyone's yeah. on it. Like it's. Listen, I was hesitant about Facebook for a long time. Not going to lie. Like I was a MySpace guy for a long time. (laughs) And then suddenly I got Facebook. I got addicted. And then Twitter and Instagram. They brought me in with Mafia Wars back when they had games. Oh, Oh, man. That's how they got me. Absolutely. We're top two in the world on Mafia Wars for a bit. Um, Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's just I think think studios just have to adapt now. And I think they need to start... um, you know, I know they're talking to, you know, a lot of these YouTubers are getting pulled off, you know, are getting like copyright claims and stuff from studios, whether or not using, you know, just footage from the movie or whatever to talk about the movie and stuff, but they're going to need that going forward, I think. So, yeah, I mean, like, uh, so I don't know if this was not on our list of things to talk about, but maybe it's worth talking about. And if we don't have to touch this, if you guys don't want to touch it, please. Are you guys going next year? Are you going out to the theaters to watch the Flash movie? Uh, that's you know, talking about the Flash. I mean, deal. so I'm very like I I don't know what Warner Brothers is going to release it right. Like they have to. They have like to. it's it's not going anywhere. It's I don't know. I I I. I I have to see it. Like, you know, I have Michael Keaton, right? Michael yeah. Keaton, we all know right. Michael Keaton's coming back and we all know Ben <laughs> Affleck's coming back. And yeah, but it's also one of those things where it's like, dude, like uh, I'm so, I, I, I myself am personally conflicted, like majorly about that movie. I have no. So here's my, here, here's a better question. If you were Warner Brothers, what, what, what would you be doing with this movie? HBO right? Max. That's what That's... they're going to do. That's what I'm thinking too. They're going to push it. It's going to be an HBO Max original movie. You think and that, but that's like a wash. Then that's just 200 million lost, right? Yep. Well, <clears throat> yes and no. I mean, so they did the same thing with like um, Justice League, right? Mm-hmm. Where they had like a, I think they had like a one night only showings in IMAX. But I mean, they sunk a ton of money into Justice League. And, and admittedly, they used it to kind of, launch hbo max in a way right right like i think it was like six or nine months later is when they had uh that movie come out but i think that by them releasing on hbo max it does a couple of things one it makes it so that their marketing is way less you don't have to market hbo max in the same way that you'd have to market something going when you're putting a film in the theater um, because you're already expecting a certain amount of losses by putting it on streaming. Right. But if you put it in the theater, you are like, you are putting that in the crosshairs of the market. Um, you also have less competition on HBO Max where you get to control the marketing for the film. You get to control what it goes up against, where it shows up in people's um, kind of like uh, in the UX. Like right. they can, I mean, if you think about it, when, wonder woman 1984 dropped and when dune dropped i mean they just showed that to you front and center huge big block of hey this movie's out now and you know it was really easy to find when justice league came out i swear it was in every single one of my little like categories Mm -hmm. you know so they really get to control like how 
how easily it's kind of marketed to you. Um, but also, <clears throat> it also may depend on what the contracts look like. So for example, if some of their contracts are based on the box office, releasing it in streaming, similar to kind of what they do with Black Widow, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, may allow them to kind of sidestep some of uh, Ezra Miller's um, pay, which allows them to save money on the back end. They may end up getting sued for that. And obviously this has everything, this all hinges on how they have contracts set up. But I think in the long run, money-wise, it it's going to make more sense because I mean, the fact that you're asking the question of, are you going to go see it in the theater? You're not the only one asking that question and they know that. And so in their mind, they're saying, look, let's just call this thing a wash. Let's move this thing forward and let's throw it on HBO Max, see what happens. And let's just move on. Let's just wash our hands of this thing and get going. Mm-hmm. I mean, no, they've... Oh, no, go, go ahead, Kevin. Go ahead. No, you go ahead, Christian. I mean, they've already announced that like this is it. They're not working with Ezra after the Flash movie. Well, yeah. um, but I can't I, imagine why. I, I I can't I don't understand how he's anywhere but jail. Like it's crazy. Like there's like oh, he's held up on, I don't know. Yeah, well, exactly. Isn't he like held up on a farm somewhere? He's like, held up on a farm with I think I've people. seen him on more TikToks than the cops have even oh, yeah. seen. Yeah. Him. Yeah. Yeah. Um it's he's too fast. They can't catch him. I, I just <laughs> he's breaking the speed force or the time, yeah. whatever. He's he's very this is very much uh, reverse flash energy that mm-hmm. he's he's yeah. exuding. But like Honestly, I, I don't know. Like, I feel like there are still ways that they could turn a profit on this. Like, obviously, they can't do a marketing campaign at all. Like, they can't have no. like, uh, they can't have all of the actors like doing a press junket because that's what everybody's going to be asking about. And it was like you save uh, a bunch of money doing that, right? Yeah, and I brought up the example on the po- on my podcast a couple of weeks ago about like I. Death on the Nile was a really good example of, you know, we had the army hammer situation mm. and, you know, they were able to bury that, you know, they were able to bury, he's not on the poster. He's, he's in some of the marketing material, but like super brief. Then you watch the movie and he's a fairly decent part of the movie, but not huge. Does but he eat he the dead body in that one? Was that? I'm so, I'm is, oh, is he, <laughs> yeah, he did not Disney was able to kind of dance around it right but what do you do when your main character the flash is the yeah. problematic one you know you could focus the marketing on you know uh Michael Keaton you know uh Ben Affleck but of course you don't want to give away too much right so you're not going to give away everything with that um so that's where it becomes really tricky so they I uh, I think they have to do something like an HBO Max. I don't think they can even because you can't market a movie like this without sight, you know, without facing the issues that you know the f- issues straight on. You know what I mean? You probably have a disclaimer at the beginning of the movie too. Yeah, <laughs> I don't like this. This was guy. filmed before yeah. he went psycho. Right. Please <laughs> be nice to us. I mean, do you think there's a chance where they just drop it in theaters with no marketing? It would be an interesting experiment. I think. I mean, I think. I think if they were going to do that, do that, and then just like a super quick, like you I know, mean, you can make the argument Max. that they've had an amazing marketing campaign. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I mean, they could pay Lizzo to make a dance out of it too, right? <laughs> no, exactly, and and that would be an interesting move. I think. I think that would be a really, really. I don't know. I think it'd probably be the smartest move. Just drop it in theaters, and then an HBO Max release like two weeks after or something, and just right. you know. Or just a simultaneous release. We could do that. Yeah, too. simultaneous release. Right. And I think, right. Um, yeah. So I don't know. I, I I honestly have no idea how I feel about it. I'm obviously 
everything that Ezra Miller, I do not condone anything he's done. He's a horrible person. And, you know, you know, I hope he gets the help he needs if he needs help. You know, I'm not, you know, bashing on someone's, you know, mental health issues. You know, I hope he gets the help he needs. Um, But But at um, the same time, it shouldn't be an excuse. It shouldn't be an excuse. Exactly. I think we've all threatened a nine-year-old here and there. (laughs) (laughs) I got kids. Yeah, it it happens. Um, um, Let he who has not beat up a nine-year-old cross the first step. (laughs) That's awesome. Well, hey, I want to talk about some video game news real quick. There's a couple of things I wanted to bring up. Um, So we were, uh, you know, it's Rockstar has specifically kind of been in the news lately with their Grand Theft Auto trilogy remake that they tried to release earlier this year. I don't know if either of you guys played that. I didn't even bother. I didn't even try. Yeah, didn't even try. Um, But now they're they were planning on doing a red dead redemption and a gta 4 remaster as well um but apparently they've scrapped that in just focusing purely on the future so they're going to be focusing on games like uh, granted gta 6 you know obviously everyone's been waiting for that game um do you think it's the right move are you guys are you you know do because i mean i feel like i feel like they can learn from their mistakes that they did with the trilogy and kind of hopefully learn from them and you know create you know do these remasters right here's my take good make some new damn games stop remastering everything everybody (laughs) so sick and tired of remasters just have backwards compatibility be a thing stop making your system so advanced that they can't play these games that are not (laughs) that difficult to play i mean right it's freaking like 13 gigs for mass effect 2 granted now you can you know you can play on xbox but um like how come we can't play these games? So they just remaster everything, double dip. Everyone goes out and buys the remastered version, mm-hmm. and then they get to you know pocket a bunch of money. And you know, there's obviously work that goes into remastering. Oh yeah, you're not having to pay writers. You're not having to pay all these new people to come up with something new and go through all the dev time to create a new. Make new games. Look at Elden Ring. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, absolutely. Like Elden Ring is like the story of the the year honestly when it comes to something new that is showing the path forward like people want new stuff like i've already like there i saw a couple of tiktoks this might just be a tiktok reference show now (laughs) (laughs) this guy saying like game pass and the playstation pass whatever it's called um all these are really is just ways for them to package a bunch of games and trigger your nostalgia for games oh, yeah. that came out 20 years ago. Yeah. And I mean, I, I pay for game pass and the other day I downloaded Ninja Gaiden and I played Ninja Gaiden for like 30 minutes and I was like, Oh, that's, that's why I don't play this game. And then I, <laughs> I got rid of it. But for a little bit, I was like, Oh man, this game is fun. And then you play the first boss and you're like, Oh, that's right. They made like an impossible like yeah. tutorial boss in this game yeah so but like make some new stuff i'm i don't want everything to be remastered if i if i had the ch- if i can just go back and on the ps3 and play gta you know three i, I would rather just do that than mm-hmm. have a remaster or allow me to do it on my xbox on my one x or on my ps5 whatever yeah no. i don't know Absolutely. What do you think, Christian? I'm I'm 100 with you. I think like how long has it been since Skyrim came out, and we're like on the 17th edition? Like they just keep oh re-releasing it. Yeah, we could have been on like Elder Scrolls Seven by now, um, but whatever. Um, 
I, I, it's hard. Okay. I love Red Dead Redemption. I love both of them. Oh, same. Um, yeah. Like they're top 10 games of all time to me. Um, but yeah, I don't need, I don't need a remaster. I can, I can go back and play it on my PS3. It feels um, great still. The graphics yeah. still, I mean, they're not like current gen, but they still feel pretty good. Like yeah. they still look pretty good. Right. They look fantastic. Um, I do love GTA four. Like Nico was a lot of fun to run around New York or Liberty city with. So that was a lot of fun too, but yeah, I I'm, I'm totally, let's just move forward at this point. Yeah. So. I'm totally cool with it. I kind of understand though, in a way of people just not having access to a lot of the older systems sometimes. So it's kind of a, I guess a convenience for them to experience these games on their newer systems. But like you were saying, Brandon, it'd be so nice if they could just make them backwards compatible. Like, right. Yeah. I should be able to play PS2 games. Yeah. Yeah. Just let me play it. And, um, and speaking of remasters and remakes, one of my favorite games of all time is getting a remake. I don't know how I feel about it. Is it Blade Um, Runner? What's that? I'm just kidding. (laughs) No, it's not getting a Blade Runner. And you guys may laugh, but this is one of the most incredible games I've ever played. And it's a little game called Lollipop Chainsaw. Came out for PlayStation 2, (laughs) written by James Gunn. Um, Just one of the most crazy, wild, insane zombie games I've ever played. It's it's kind of this weird combination of like Resident Evil meets Scott Pilgrim. Just has this really colorful vibe to it. Um, Anyways, it's getting a remake. I've been holding out for a sequel uh james gunn recently last week he tweeted out something talking it was the game's 10th i believe no actually i believe it was yeah it only came out like 2012 yeah let me sorry i don't want to cut you off but don't you feel shafted well yeah no i do i mean you just said like i was hoping for a sequel yeah and you're getting a remaster instead yeah so i was hoping for a sequel something new something fresh in the franchise getting a remake remaster which it's cool because I get to play it on my next gen system and hopefully it looks really cool, but I wanted a new story. Right. So like when that, when that news came out, when James Gunn tweeted that out, he was talking about it. And then uh, another video game creator, I can't remember his name for the life of me, started talking about the game and people were thinking that they were going to announce a sequel or something new. Instead, they announced a remake. Um, So it comes out next year. Not sure exactly how I feel about it. I'll buy it. I'm going to play it because I'm a sucker for it. But um and I hope more people do. And I feel like it's a way for games like this to kind of get more um, eyes on it and to get more people to play it, to understand just how good it is. But I also agree that you do need something fresh and new in the franchise. So I'm hoping that this can open the doors to other things, to big yeah. things, to sequels, I mean, if, to other if the remaster can bankroll the sequel, then, you know, I think that's... Oh, that's... it's not a remaster. Oh, it's, it's a, a remake. remake. Oh yeah, it's a and remake. James a, Gunn is not involved with. The so remake. this is a, a top-down oh. remake. It's I don't know how much of the original stuff they are going to use. I know the 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 music's going to be different, which scares the heck out of me because the soundtrack is incredible. Oh. Um, so I don't know how far down the hole they're going to get. I mean, I did read that you know James Gunn isn't hands-on particularly involved with this one. I don't know if they're going to use the same script. I don't know what they're doing. I don't know what the details are. Um, but they all they've said the soundtrack you know had licensed songs so they're not able to use half of them so they're just scrapping them all and using a new soundtrack um updated graphics obviously so i'm hoping and i'm assuming that they're going to be using the same script and everything but i don't exactly know um we'll see how it turns out though hopefully it's just as good and and they do improve on it somehow and it paves the way for more in the future so we'll see how that right how that plays out um 
But yeah, so that's our video game news for the day. Um, so guys, I'm really excited to get to our next part. We're going to talk about the top 10 movies of 2022 so far. Um, so what? It's July. So it's only been six, that's, you know, a little bit over six months. Um, it's kind of been hit or miss with a lot of the movies released. Um, just a quick um so Christian, you're you got a top five, which is great. I'm, yeah, I'm going top five. Yeah, because no, I don't think I've seen ten movies this year. Right. right. Um, I have right. some um, like television honorable mentions to add to my list. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, so yeah, we're just going to go around talk about our top ten, and then Christian, when you want to chime in, when we get to five, and just start, you know, do your honorable mentions, and we could just move down the list. Um, if you guys have something that's further down the list than let's say something I put, we'll save it for have that conversation later about it, but we could talk a little bit about it. Then we'll talk more about it later. Cool. Um, <clears throat> so yeah. Are you ready, Brandon? I would love to oh, I'm ready. your number 10 movie of 2022 so far. Okay. I wanted to, I guess to start, I wanted to just cheat and throw out a couple of honorable mentions. <laughs> movies that, Go really close, it. just missed my list. I think you've probably seen more movies than me and Christian combined this year. So I'm <laughs> just saying. So <laughs> I don't funny. know, it's maybe. Um, so a couple of movies that like just missed my list. Um, the unbearable weight of massive talent just missed. Okay. Um, X just missed my list. You haven't seen X, yeah. Uh, X is great. Uh, really, really like that one. Um, ambulance just missed my list which um i re- i actually like that one quite a bit i um, michael bay's return to form in my opinion yeah, is that on your spoiler, list spoiler alert it's on my list so yeah that's good <laughs> yeah because i wanted to talk about it but yeah I, I was like i can't put it um northman was really close um but also um <clears throat> uh, mad god was almost on my list phil tippett's um stop motion model oh, oh yeah dude i haven't seen that yet it is to see it. crazy um it's just like you watch it and you're like dude this movie is disgusting (laughs) and i'm just looking at little miniature models i mean you know phil tippett um for anyone goes i feel like i recognize that name i mean he's like genius model maker jurassic park Mm -hmm. star wars i mean this guy uh basically like has kind of carried on the stop motion model game for you know 40 50 years now nice so um, that's great. I'm sure there's a couple other movies that just missed my list that I think you will mention. Um, but my number 10 is David Cronenberg's Crimes of the Future, which I just watched um, because I felt like it might make my 10. And so I rushed watching it so that I could make sure I got it to see if it would and it just eat its way <laughs> into the list. Um, so Crimes of the Future, David Cronenberg, um, He's back doing body horror, and uh, man, I thought this movie was going to be a lot wetter than it than it is. <laughs> um, it's probably his driest movie, um, but still very uh, very nasty, very good body horror. Basically, it's in the future, and humanity is kind of like evolving. They no longer feel pain. They no longer get sick, um, and this. Uh, the government is kind of suppressing the idea that humans are evolving and they are, and certain humans are basically growing internal organs that are not, that are, they're new. Uh, their body doesn't really have a use for the organ, but they're 
body's trying to evolve and it's growing these organs like tumors. And Viggo Mortensen, who plays the main character, his body's growing organs like daily. So because he's constantly getting them taken out, him and his girlfriend decide they're going to have essentially become performers where in these like big kind of like dance halls, they, she will do surgery on him and take his organs out. Um, And uh, there's like this kind of conspiracy of the government's trying to suppress the fact that humans are evolving and yet humans are getting weirder and weirder. And some humans are beginning to um, eat plastic and be able to digest plastic. Um, And so, I mean, obviously, as I'm saying this, you're probably thinking super (laughs) weird, but also Cronenberg always has like an underlying thing to what he's talking about, right? And so like, you know, we're almost getting to a point where um, the amount of plastic on planet earth outnumbers like humans. Like, it's just like, we have so much plastic, just, I mean, we have that plastic Island out in the ocean. It's just mm-hmm. insanely it's ridiculous. <clears throat> just keeps getting bigger and bigger um, to the point where humans um, for lack of food may have to turn to plastic, right. In his world. Um, and it's gross. I mean, you get nice and dirty into some, some guts and people pulling things out and, um, a lot of fleshy stuff going on. He gets like a flesh zipper. Flesh zipper? <laughs> but uh, yeah, uh, it's it's wild. So yeah, it made my number 10. Number 10? Yep. That's a good pick. I know I've been hearing a lot about that movie. I know I need to see it and I've heard nothing but, well, I've heard it's, I know it's very divisive. A lot of walkouts. Yeah, at, at, uh, a lot of walkouts, <laughs> which is what I've heard. Um, I think it made, I think seven minutes was when people started walking out, which I, I, I can see why, but... Wow. Yeah. Well, (laughs) my number 10, um, I know, Brandon, you're going to love this one, uh, particularly. Uh, Mr. Uh, Baz Luhrmann is back, right? Mr. Baz Luhrmann is back um, with a biopic this time, uh, Uh, which is more akin to The Great Gatsby than anything else he's done. So I feel like uh, it depends on your tolerance of that movie of his direction and his style, if you're going to like this movie. And of course that's Elvis. Um, I for ran pretty close to three hours. I did not feel like it was three hours. Um, I can see your smile. I know it'd be like, you know, um, but um, I really, really enjoyed it. I thought Austin Butler was, did a fantastic job. And the thing is he doesn't, you know, he channels Elvis in a, in a way that's not trying to be Elvis, if that makes sense. Like it's, it's, and it doesn't feel like an imitation either. It it feels just natural. And it, 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 it's Elvis in a way, like I've never seen him before. You know, you see all these other movies about Elvis. You see the the Kurt Russell Elvis movie from, I believe it was the early eighties, you know, and he was just doing a really good Elvis imitation. Uh, This guy becomes uh, Austin Butler becomes Elvis without feeling like an imitation of Elvis, which I thought was great. Um, Tom Hanks, I was not a fan of in this movie, which is weird for me to say, because I normally love Tom Hanks. I think he's great, but his character in this is supposed to be sleazy and, and he's just a horrible, horrible person. So that could have played a lot into it, but 
I just don't feel like Tom Hanks was the guy for that role. I I don't know if his nice guy persona. I, I I don't know what it was. It just didn't feel like it fit him, and he didn't feel comfortable in that fat suit he was in. Um, I just you know didn't buy that aspect of it. But otherwise, so so when the movie was about him, I kind of started to doze off a little bit. Um, but when Austin Butler's on screen and Baz Luhrmann's just this frantic style, you guys know his style. Um, it's Why just. Do I? I know you do, um, but it's, it, it is relentless, but it's not overbearing. So it's, it's, you can totally tell this is Baz trying to be like, okay, like I want to tell this story. I'm going to pull back a little bit, but also kind of let loose when I need to. So it's very much during the performances you're, you're there like you. And I've said this before in, in, in like short reviews and stuff, like you hear these stories about what it was like to see Elvis in person perform. Mm-hmm. This movie gave me, it made me feel like what it was like to see Elvis perform. Like it put yeah. you in there in a way where it was like, you you understood who, how big he was, how big of a star he was. Like, we all know who he is, but you, you get it. Like, you're like, oh, okay. Like that's, that makes sense. That's why Elvis is a superstar because he was just this charismatic and he oozed this, just this charisma that was just unheard of. And it still is till this day. Um, and Austin, but and that's all thanks to Austin Butler. Obviously, if he wouldn't have done as well as he did, you wouldn't have felt that. And and Baz's direction, like I said, it felt really restrained, but also Baz at the same time. So um, that's my number ten. I really enjoyed it. Um, again, it's almost a three-hour movie, but I feel like you're gonna have a good time. Um, yeah. So that's my number ten. I'll, I'll see it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so. If you thought my number 10 was divisive, my number nine is men. Um, another one I have not seen. Interesting. And I, so first off, I love Alex Garland. Um, mm-hmm. Dread is great. Um, Annihilation is amazing. Ex Machina, amazing. Did you read a, do you ever, do you, have you read any of his novels? I've, I have not. I've not read any of his read the, novels. Read the beach. Read the novel version of the beach, the because they made it into the movie Leonardo right with Leo yeah the book was amazing I read the book when it came out but anyways go ahead um men I mean how to describe this movie uh it is it's almost like two movies in one there is the last 30 minutes and then there is the first like hour and the first hour is a very chilling kind of like um creepy almost home invasion like there's someone outside my house there's someone stalking me right um movie and then the last 30 minutes just flies off the rails and it's a love it or hate it and i gotta say i loved it um (laughs) it's it's so on the nose it's so heavy-handed but i i just really didn't care um the visuals are are i've (laughs) i've never seen anything like that in my life and are our, our theater was like some people were like groaning some people were like going oh. <laughs> and i was just grinning ear to ear i loved every second of it um but we i mean and it's also a movie that uh my, my favorite type of movie is something that you know you can chew on and there's something in there to talk about and you can kind of piece things together i i think that the movie's heavy-handed in its messaging and there's several visual elements where i was like Okay, all right. I mean, I I get what you're right. trying to say here, um, but 
my wife and I, after we saw it, um, we had a lot of fun talking about it afterwards. Nice. Um, and I've thought about it multiple times since I saw it uh, and almost went back and saw it a second time. So for me, that's a sign that I love a movie. And um, yeah, I can't help but say that Men is one of my 10 favorite movies of the year so far. Nice. Well, I won't make the year endless, but for right. now, halfway through the year, Men makes it. It is great. Year. I need to see that. I need to see that. And X, as you mentioned earlier, I need to. Yeah. Those are two movies I need to check out. Um, my number nine, uh, which almost made your top 10, was Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent. I had a lot of fun with that movie. I it's so good. It's so good. I saw it twice. I saw it uh, once with my wife, and then my son wanted to see it. So we took uh, Eli to see it, and he had a blast with it, too. He thought it was hilarious. Um, you know, Nicolas Cage, Pedro Pascal, like, they have that, you know, they had the perfect chemistry. Like, it was just beautiful. Like, it was, it, it was great, and the whole... Paddington two stuff was just beautiful. I mean, beautiful. Like it was great. Like, and their friendship was beautiful. Like all of it was just, it just flowed really well. Um, it was a little bit more um, kind of straightforward than I thought it was going to be. If that makes mm-hmm. sense. It, it, it was that kind of buddy comedy that I, I, I was kind of expecting. I wasn't necessarily expecting like a, you know, adaptation or anything like that, but like I was expecting maybe something a little bit deeper, I guess, not as, kind of surface level no i i get what you're saying i yeah. think that there's one specific part of the of the film which is the character of nikki mm-hmm. that is used i think three times in the movie and i can't tell if he's underutilized or overutilized right um i feel like if he was in one scene i would get it but i feel like he should have been in like eight more scenes to really in order to kind of like drive home like the point of who he right, is right um to nicholas cage um i yeah so but I, I agree with you that's a great movie the chemistry is oh, yeah. off the charts it's a total blast it reminded me a lot of the interview um, it did with yes. with james franco and seth yes. rogan <clears throat> to where uh there's actually some kind of like story beats that fall perfectly mm-hmm. in line and um with that film to where i was like okay this is getting a little close to just like a remake in parts right absolutely um, but a ton of fun a ton of fun that's mm-hmm. a great pick absolutely yeah yeah so that's my number nine all right um my number eight is and tell me if this is on your list number eight i've got chippendale rescue rangers oh you know oh my god i didn't even remember that i I feel Perfect. like a failure. I'm so glad. I feel like a failure. So I guess that's an honorable mention now. For okay, me. Chippendale Rescue <laughs> Rangers. I have been a truther for this movie the second <laughs> that I heard. Oh, it's fantastic. Who was in it and who was attached? I was like, okay, if Akiva is if Akiva Schaefer is directing this, I'm a hundred percent in. Um, Akiva Schaefer, if you didn't know, also, I mean, so he's part of Lonely Island, but <laughs> he man. has made two of my favorite all-time comedies, Pop Star and hot rod the best um pop star for two years in a row was my most listened to album on spotify <laughs> oh my god <laughs> and so uh, yeah, chippendale rescue rangers is amazing um one of my all-time favorite movies is who framed roger rabbit yeah and this felt kind of like a spiritual successor to that movie this kind of like gumshoe whodunit um and 
to have, you know, these two characters who I grew up watching after school in, and they're like old middle age now. And just great. The, the fun references to other characters that I'm sure they're going to, I don't know how they got all the rights to all the stuff they did, but I'm, I'm glad, they, I'm glad they did. Um, just a, a, a blast of the movie. I mean, I'm, I'm a top fan on Facebook because of how much I've interacted <laughs> with this movie for so long. So uh, yeah, Chippendale Rescue Rangers on Disney plus, if you haven't seen it, um, which you, watch it. Y- you gotta see it. I mean, it's a movie made for adults, but it's, it's, very much kid friendly i mean the when you peel back the comedic layers it's a pretty like serious oh it is <laughs> serious yeah. crimes happening i mean like a human trafficking but <laughs> it's freaking hilarious I, I i just loved it so yeah that is my number eight cool yeah um so my number eight is actually a disney plus um animated film uh turning red oh that's I actually it's on my list. Yeah. Uh, okay. We'll go. We'll just wait for that. And we'll, um, yeah. Uh, I, I'm, I'm wondering why my, I've got some issues going on here with my, with my list. I'm looking at this and sorry. No, I, you're fine. I, I'm wondering why my list is acting up on me. My number seven is missing. <laughs> number seven is missing. Yeah. No good. Sorry, give um, me one second. Yeah, go no ahead. Problem. Keep keep. Yeah, Why don't so, we talk about. Um, oh, there it is. Yeah, go for it. Um, this might be on your list. My number seven is Jackass Forever. No, it's not. It's not on your list. No, I should. Dude, Dude, Jackass it Forever rules. Dude, it's <laughs> hilarious. If I... You'd have told me that I would cry in a Jackass movie of just tears of joy. Um, I would have said you're crazy, but here I was. Uh, a grown man crying in a jackass movie there's something um i've told my wife there's certain types of movies that just without fail evoke this emotional reaction from me one of them is the movies for the boys as i call them or movies about just like friends who love each other like openly love each other Mm -hmm. and um, there's this real sense of love between yeah. the guys in the jackass crew that seeing them again and knowing this is kind of like the final ride for them and this thing that they've devoted their lives and bodies to for so long is kind of coming to an end was already kind of emotional because I, I grew up watching jackass right, on weekends right. with my friends, but also knowing the journeys that each of them have kind of gone on in their own personal lives, the struggles mm-hmm. with addiction, drugs, and alcohol. Um, some of them have attempted suicide and knowing a little bit about the behind the scenes stuff that they kind of like had to make commitments to each other in order to be in this movie. That's why mm-hmm. Bam Margera is not in it because right. he did not hold up his end of the deal. Um, just seeing how, where they are now, that was really heartwarming to me. Um, and gosh, so much penis in this movie. I've never, <laughs> I've never thought I would see this much, um, this much manhood on, on screen. Yeah. But um, stunts, so much fun. I really hope it's hard to, to pass the baton, like in the, like to this next group that they kind of have up and coming in this movie. Right. Like part of me hopes they do. Cause I like some of the new guys. Yeah, some that of them are had. Great. 
Um, but man, just like not seeing Johnny Knoxville and not seeing Steve-O or Pontius mm. would be really, really hard. Uh, but yeah, for me, number seven, Jackass Forever. Yeah, it's, no, um, it's so funny, but it's also I, I found it to be heartwarming. Yeah, and that movie was it was super heartwarming too, in a weird way. Yeah, like you said, it actually it worked on uh, so many levels. And um, again, it's another movie I just didn't think about for some reason, and I feel like an idiot. But um, <laughs> but my uh, no, the, I took I took Eli to see that movie because he was so stoked to go watch Jackass at theaters. Um, like you said, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of manhood in that movie that. Uh, <laughs> He's, I mean, you know, he's a teenage boy. He's 15. He thought it was hilarious. It's like he's the best thing he's ever before. seen. Dude, like he <laughs> he absolutely loved it. So, um, but yeah, that's one of the best picks. Uh, my number seven is uh, actually Ambulance. I, I didn't get a chance to see it at theaters. I wish I had because this I was movie. the only one. Dude, Dead I, I loved it. <laughs> I, I we watched it on it's on Peacock. We watched it on Peacock. Me and again, me and Eli is like my movie buddy. Um, and I just, it, like you said earlier, it's Michael Bay's return to form. It's Michael Bay. Listen, he always tells these big, grand stories. And he, but he, my favorite Michael Bay movies are the ones where they kind of focuses on, you know, a couple, you know, the smaller stories in the bigger picture, right? So it's like movie, like The Rock. The Rock is one of my all time, it's one of my all time favorite movies, but my favorite Michael Bay movie. That's because of the relationship between, you know, um, Nicolas Cage and Sean Connery. And even Bad, Bo- uh, Bad Boys 2 to me is just Michael Bay at peak personally, but you have the really strong relationship in the middle. This one, he kind of, you know, he's been doing Transformers, he's been doing everything else, you know, trying to find that. I just don't feel like he's found that, that click anymore, you know, you know, lately until this movie, uh, Jake Gyllenhaal is just amazing in it. Um, I, I always mess up saying his name and I feel horrible about it. And if any of you guys can help me, I would appreciate it. I just always um, said, yeah, 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 yeah. It's yeah, yeah. 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 He's in, uh, ever since I, I saw him in Watchmen, the Watchmen HBO series he was in, like he just blew me away. And then I yeah. saw him, you know, in uh Candyman, I thought he was great. And in here, I think he's fantastic. Uh the action I is- gotta I gotta give up some for for Morpheus for Matrix Oh yeah, Morpheus, yeah, oh, for Matrix Matrix Resurrections. Like he the dude's a star, like he knows it. You see him on screen, he steals every scene from yeah. from Jake Gyllenhaal. Like Jake Gyllenhaal is a very charismatic actor. Like I he's grown on me. Like a, you know, that's a whole other thing. But um but there's a story just, what no 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 it, it 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 took me a while to really get on the jake gyllenhaal train i remember i was working at the theater when this movie called october sky came out oh man uh, that's with, a classic and uh bubble boy i remember bubble boy oh geez so, <laughs> i i had this association right i was like that's jake gyllenhaal it took me a long time to get, for him to grow into an adult actor right mm-hmm. um and so he's done you know, he's done a lot of great stuff. Donnie Darko is still top notch Gyllenhaal yes. for me, but um, yeah. So, but now he's like, it sounds weird, but like, he's like a man actor. Like he's, <laughs> he's grown up, like he's, and you can totally tell in this movie. And for a while, it took me a little bit to kind of grasp that. Like he's an adult, like he's my age, if not, you know, around the same age. And, uh, but this movie really sold me. I was like, okay, yeah, yeah. Like he's a, he's an actor now. Like he's like a real actor this long um but uh but i think he's um yeah i think uh you know ambulance is just it's intense where it needs to be intense 
it kind of works like a horror movie for me. Like it was just like, you know, you just, you know, it was just super thrilling white knuckle all the way through the whole movie. You don't know what's going to happen. Um, and it just showed LA in this really cool light. Like I love, I love when directors can get LA right. And Michael Bay got LA recommended with heat. Like he tells, uh, uh, it, this is a story that in my opinion could only be told in um i really really oh your audio is kind of yeah can you hear me now? there we go okay cool cool so yeah, but yeah i i think um it was really well done i really really liked it and like you said it was michael bay returning to form and yeah drone stuff yeah. was really cool the, the yes <clears throat> that's what i wanted to mention was you know he went out and got like a world champion drone racer and yeah. was like hey just fly this thing around <laughs> he's like go and do the and the first shot inside the bank, when they fly through the bank with the drone, I was like, yeah. I've never seen anything like that. No, and I've never seen a drone shot indoors. Right, like and, that. and it was actually it's weird. It was the first, the first movie. I, I mentioned this on Twitter. I don't think I put it out, but Eli was sitting there watching it with me, and it was the first time he's ever pointed out shots. Like it's the first time he ever noticed like the cinematography. Like he like was fascinated by it and we got to talk about like filmmaking like we talked about it all we that's so cool you know and it was a really really cool experience and like i was like wow like this is the movie that's you know knows how many kids like him are out there that can watch a movie like this or whatever movie it is but this was the movie that who knows you know 10 years from now he could be talking about you know i was watching this with my dad and you know Mm. i saw this and that and that was really cool that really meant something and that's sweet um yeah and uh i uh yeah, I loved it. And some of that drone work was just, yeah. I mean, this is just the beginning for Michael Bay. I mean, he may as well. This is career number two for him. I mean, right, it is. He is he's so clearly obsessed with that drone mm-hmm. camera oh, work. Yeah. He does it about four too many times <laughs> where I was like, okay, Michael, we get it. Um, but it allows for one shot that still stays with me is when the cop cars are chasing them and they fly the drone. He flies it like under a car and then oh. up as a car, like one cop car hits like something yeah. and then flips and crashes into the camera. You know, Michael was like, oh, that's the one. Yeah. Like, he's just been waiting for that for years, you know? So exactly. Um, prepare like he's going to like his, it's his new bread and butter is going to be drone. stuff. it lets him do whatever he wants. He likes that kind of crazy action stuff and i think that it's i mean it may make him i i've said for years that you know he is an auteur i mean you see a michael bay movie you know that you're looking at a michael bay movie because it looks like a commercial um yeah Yeah. and and so drone work i i think i don't know i I think there's so much to talk about about ambulance i could do a whole podcast talking about so but cool i'm glad it's on your list yeah absolutely absolutely uh we're at six uh my six is one i think was your eight is turning red which oh man um i'll probably catch you for this this might be the best pixar minus soul i think soul is is incredible this might be the best pixar movie since up Uh, i Um, can yeah wow like for me this is better than inside out this this is better probably than soul this is better than you know, what else has come out since up 
Toy Story 3, Toy, Toy Story, Story 4. 3. Like, this is better than all those. I don't know. Toy Story 3, though. <laughs> ah. Toy Story 3 is my, at my bottom of the Toy Story rankings, but what? that's a whole other conversation. <laughs> so, Turning Red is, and, and some of this is personal. So, you know, the no, thing please. for everyone to keep in mind is that film criticism is very subjective. It and is. your own personal right. experiences play into why certain movies work for you. For me, um, as a father to two girls one of which my oldest is constantly butting heads with my wife she's only four (laughs) Um, but the two of them are very strong-willed individuals and they butt heads a lot um they love each other but they do butt heads right oh yeah the relationship between may may and her mother in this movie um it's so funny as i'm saying this my wife just texts me are you almost done um (laughs) the uh the relationship between the two of them, I saw a lot of parallels. I love the animation. I love the boy band music. I love the red Panda stuff. Um, There's so much in my opinion to love about. I, I, I love the, the, the theme, the symbolism, everything that's going on in that mm-hmm. um, the parents that complain about this, I bathe in your tears. This movie's so good. Oh yeah. Um, and it's so funny that, the the parents that are like clutching their pearls about turning red who all clearly have not seen this um they're just like a self-fulfilling prophecy of what this movie is saying like you need to talk to your (laughs) kids about real world stuff right because otherwise they don't understand what's happening to them um and you know life happens puberty happens to kids and a movie that um talks about it in a relatively veiled way is is important for them uh, and if they don't get it, they don't get it. My four-year-old's not asking questions about puberty. She thinks it's a movie about a kid. Right, into exactly. A panda. <laughs> exactly. But the, the, the last, the last 15 minutes of this is a sob fest for me. I just, I've, I've bawled every time. It's so good. No, you said everything. You hit it right on the nail. Um, mine was very personal as well. <laughs> my daughter, she's nine and her and my wife have this interesting relationship where they love each other, but, um, they're both very, very strong-willed women and um, they go at it. Um, so yeah, this movie really hit a lot of that home. And I think that's why they, they really bonded over this movie too. Uh, they've watched it numerous times together. And I think a lot of that has to do with it. And it's a beautiful thing to see. And everything you said was perfectly right on the head. So yeah, Turning Red. Have you seen Turning Red, Christian? No, but uh, I, I mean, I'm making a list of everything that you guys are saying. So there's uh, a lot of stuff that I'm going to catch up on. So. Cool. Um, so my number six. So listen, it didn't reinvent the will. It didn't do what the first one did. It didn't do what the original trilogy did. Um, my number six is Scream. I knew it was going to be I, on your list. Yeah, I... I love Scream. I It's the characters. I love spending time with these characters. I think... You know, the first Scream movie felt like the first horror, the first slasher, the first horror movie that was made for me. Like I was the same age that those kids were supposed to be, right? I was in Mm -hmm. high school. I was in what, 96. So I was in, I was 16 years old. The movie just hit at the perfect time. Um, And it, like I said, it felt like the first horror franchise that was made for me. And I've been along for the ride the whole time. And yeah, I, so a lot of this could be nostalgia and a lot of it could be just biased towards that. And I completely understand that. Um, But seeing those characters again on screen, 
um, kind of fill in the old school meets kind of the new school vibe of, you know, when you have those directors who did Ready or Not, like I loved Ready or Not. I thought it was great. And I thought that they brought their spin to the franchise um, and it worked really well for me. I liked, uh, you know, Sid, you know, seeing Sydney again and Dewey and, and um, all of them together again was just uh, amazing. And kind of, I thought it went in a really cool direction. Um, wasn't necessarily what I expected, but I thought it was pretty cool. Uh, I had a lot of fun with it. I didn't really, and listen, it might not make my top 10 at the end of the year, but I really enjoyed it. I loved it. I've seen it multiple times since. It's got some great kills in it. Um, I think Jenna Ortega is, I think she's great. Um, she's a she's our like next superstar yeah she's I mean, our next she's superstar. great she's fantastic and um just everyone in that movie does such a great job and i love the way that it tackled you know toxic fan culture and fanboys and it just, beautifully yeah it did it beautifully um so that was the uh, thing about yeah the thing about scream that i think is really interesting is how each of those movies has not just they've been a reflection of who we are as a movie going right. culture at the time yeah. um <clears throat> you know the first one you know reflected where we were in in terms of our horror sensibilities and who we were as movie fans exactly um and then the second one examined who we are when it comes to watching sequels and expectations of sequels and threequels and then four was all about the like you know the reboot but then this one was about the legacy Legacy. which and i love that i love the toxic fan stuff it was great um what are your thoughts and i know we're getting away from this a little bit what are your thoughts about um, Neve Campbell not coming back for screen. Yeah. Um, I think, I think she's the heart of the franchise, man. Like, so I, you think it's so? You think would you rather not see a screen five? Yeah, if she's not going to be in it, I would rather not. I mean, at least give her closure, her character some closure. I feel uh-huh. like if you give her character some closure, I will be fine with the franchise moving on without her. But this past. Uh, entry didn't really do that so okay. and i'm not saying she has to die <laughs> why she didn't she come back i, I i'm not aware of Nego- like, uh, contract negotiation she she's contract. basically like look i am scream if you're not going to pay me what i'm Which, actually worth like i'm not going to yeah. get back right yeah my thought and i, I think i no, posted please. this on facebook or something it was like they should recast her like See, I think that's a funny meta way to move the franchise <laughs> forward. Right, just recast, recast her with the most blatant <laughs> recasting ever. Like, do what? It, like, you know, I don't know. Get uh, just some like Florence Pugh can be Sydney Prescott <laughs> now or something. You know, blatant recasting and have no one even mention that. It. Would I? Oh I would actually. God. Yeah, I would. I yeah. would watch that. And I think it'd be really funny. I, the thought that I had was that every time someone sees her, they don't recognize her initially, and then when they go, "Oh, Sydney, it's you," she goes, "Yeah, I changed my hair." <laughs> I think it'd just be real. This really funny thing about Dude, how should, franchises will that. recast people and act like nothing happened. Um, I think that would be, a and then bring her back for Scream Six, and then act like nothing happened, just to keep going. I love that. I love that. That's a great <laughs> idea. I'd watch it. But yeah, yeah, that's I would too. Um, this is for this. Okay, so my number five might be around your five, and it's the Batman. Uh, mine, uh, that's a little bit higher. Okay, then my five is Batman. So, what's your five? What's your five, Christian? My five, uh, oh, yeah, I, I, I'm in. gonna, yeah, I'm, I'm in now. Um, I'm gonna put because I forgot about it, uh, Rescue Rangers, I'm putting at number five, my, which go. pushes my number, my previous number five to number six. 
Uh, and basically, I'm just listing the movies that I saw at this point. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, my number six is Doctor Strange. Uh, and the multiverse oh, yeah, movie. baby. So uh, it was fun. I think I, I learned a lesson on expectation uh, and, and, you know, leaving that at the door when I walk into it. Uh, but I still I still really enjoyed it. It was a lot of fun. Um, Sam Raimi's like doing doing crazy horror stuff and like undead stuff in the Marvel universe, and can't can't complain about that. That's so. the best third act in a Marvel movie. Oh, it is in my opinion in years. Right. I I I had a blast. Um, I feel like it's still really weird. Like they didn't know how to market it exactly, and I still feel like they don't know what they're doing with it. Like I feel like they kind of just let it go away. Um, but I, it's weird. They're still, it's weird. It's weird. Just as somebody that goes to Disneyland regularly, mm-hmm. I think it's really weird how they handle their merchandise. Um, mm-hmm. But anyway, yeah, I, I, I really, really enjoyed it. Um, and the, the, my, the thing is, I don't think it's going to stay on my list because I've had the opportunity. It's been on Disney plus to rewatch it and I haven't gotten through it. Yeah. Um, so it's a I rough mean, rewatch. Yeah. Kind of really. <laughs> Yeah, kind of. Really, I—I yeah. yeah. uh, I mean, this might be teasing the pastrami nation a little too much, but cool. we have a—we have a Marvel something or other coming up that yes. you invited me to, yes. and you might be surprised on where I have Multiverse of Madness. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. I know no, I get Multiverse it. of Madness. <laughs> <laughs> no, and that's great. That's great. Um. Oh, what's your number five though, Christian? You said Chippendale. Yeah, Rescue Rangers. Okay, uh, perfect. That nice. was too much fun. Too much fun. It was hilarious. I laughed my ass off. Um, my expectations were here for that, and it was exceeded it by a long shot. Um, gotcha. And a, and a downplayed John Mulaney, I can't complain about. Oh, so, yeah. I yeah. love John Mulaney so much. Love him. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, my number five. Uh, so, this movie I saw uh, just like last weekend, I think. Was it last weekend? Yeah. Um, I was kind of like walking out of the theater. I was like, that was it's pretty good. And then just thinking about it this past week, I was like, that like, like, it's just like so much of it just stuck with me that I couldn't get out of my head. And that is the black phone. Mm. I actually really, really, have you guys seen the black phone? No, yes. Yeah. Okay. Um, there was just some imagery in that movie that it's just kind of been haunting. Like Ethan Hawke's mask, for example, is still like, <sighs> like when he takes it off to show the different expressions, like I, I just, and it was so you know subtle. You know who that? made that mask, right? Tom oh, that Savini Tom, made that Tom, Tom mask. Tom Savini, yeah, yeah. I was like, when I found that out, I was like, my man. Yeah, that's <laughs> the best crazy. part of the movie for me. And like the, I don't, I'm not going to spoil it, obviously, for Christian, but um, just the scene, I, I love the scene, and it's in the trailers, but the scene where he's, you know, uh, with the with the little, little ghost boy and he's pr- training, like, you know, practicing, you know, with the phone, you know what I mean? The scene where he's in down there, that scene was just so perfectly well done. And there's so much about it that just, it was so subtle, but so terrifying at the same time. And I think that's why it didn't really hit me till afterwards. And just being a dad too, like I, I normally, I, I don't, I cannot watch movies that have to do that put kids in like real danger. Right. So like mm-hmm. I can watch things like stranger things and like, you know, the Goonies, things like that. But when it comes to, you know, things like there's a show on HBO called The Outsider, I think it's called with the, you know, the child kidnappings and stuff, the Stephen King uh, story. I can't watch that. So this was kind of a rough watch just because of that aspect of it. Um, but otherwise, I thought it was really well done. Scott Derrickson, I think he's really good at blending, you know, 
exorcism of Emily Rose was a really good exorcism story, kind of, it was a really good courtroom drama disguised as an exorcism story, right? Uh, this one kind of did the same thing where it kind of felt like more of a, you know, a typical a, a cop procedural disguised as a, you know, supernatural kidnapping thriller. Um, but I thought he blended the, the genres really well. Um, yeah, and I really liked it. I thought it was great. Ethan Hawke was great. The kids carried that movie. Um, the boy, I forget, I forget their names, but the the brother and sister, they were just uh, they. The girl is movie. great. The girl was. <laughs> there was Madeline McGraw. <laughs> What's that? Yeah, Madeline McGraw. Yeah, Madeline She's McGraw. So good. She's amazing. She's a future star. They all are. I I really really liked it. So that's my number five for this year. So. Yeah, I I like that one quite yeah. a bit um yeah james ransone who plays max um, oh yeah i i wish he got more roles i i i he think was he's so much fun every time he's in anything i know scott derrickson loves him they work together all the time oh yeah um okay cool uh so we're at five four four, four. yep okay my four is top gun maverick oh wow i, I know that's higher on someone's list yeah. <laughs> yeah i'll just say four top gun maverick yeah mine's a little bit higher what about you christian mine's a little bit higher too so oh um i i kind of mentioned this before we started recording uh i was desperately trying to watch rrr kind of and i'm assuming it's on your guys's list yeah, you better um, believe it baby. <laughs> i i'm about 40 minutes into it i couldn't get through i i just couldn't i have too much to, stuff to do today uh because i i know it's going to end up on my list but i can't Put it on my list until I right. finish seeing it. So, um, I, yeah. So I'm excited to hear what you guys have to say about it. Um, also, if you're listening to this podcast, I've done paintings of four of the, my top five movies uh, oh, on my yet. Instagram, so you guys can check it out. Please do at Christian Nicorda. Um, But yeah, I my number, um, my number four. Um, oh my god, no, it's the Northman. Sorry, yeah, it was the Northman. Um, I don't know. I know you kind of mentioned that you put it on your like uh, honorable mentions. Uh, it was it was a lot of fun. I I mean, if I had seen more movies, I don't know if it would make my top five. Mm-hmm. Um, but I I've like found it really striking. The imagery was really crazy. Um, you know, it was like kind of like this awesome like mythology story. Um, I don't know. I I had a lot of fun about it, and I feel like I had to defend it this week. I made a painting of like Bjork um mm-hmm. she was the 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 Cersei. and uh my friend messaged me she's like did you like it and i'm like yeah i thought it was really good i wouldn't have made a painting of it she's like bjork was my favorite part and i'm like she was like like literally 30 seconds of the movie she was like i just i would have cast somebody else instead of nicole kidman and that blonde chick and i'm mm-hmm. like that blonde um okay and i'm like oh, <laughs> i remind you yeah i taylor joy i'm like okay um so but i mean whatever it's to each their own um, I, I really enjoyed it. It was a lot of fun. It was brutal, um, uh, visceral, uh, and I don't know. It, was, it felt like it was 30 minutes. It's great. I uh, Yeah, it's just outside my honorable mention. I think I had it as an honorable mention. Right. Um, and yeah, it's it's very well done. I mean, I mean, like Robert Eggers is fantastic. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think the problem that it ran into with general audiences, not everyone saw the lighthouse, not everyone saw the witch, everyone saw it in the Northman because it had a bigger budget. It was marketed as such. Um, and so you had people going in expecting, you know, this like hardcore revenge Viking thriller. Right. And they got a movie that had that, that was a, you know, a brutal revenge movie, 
but it does have a lot of like imagery that is, you know, mythology and symbolic and confusing and designed to be meditative. And audiences don't like that stuff. It's so not true. Yeah. There's, yeah. There's a lot of people that saw that and go, that will be sucked. Oh, it was terrible. And I look at it and I go, I think it's, I think it's really good. I think it's his worst movie of his, you know, three big ones. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's still very good. It's just the other two are so good. Yeah. So, but yeah, I, that's a great pick. Yeah, I have yet to see that movie. Uh, yeah, and it's on Peacock though, so I can watch it anytime. So, uh, <laughs> to Peacock, this can be a Peacock ad. Peacock and go. TikTok. Um, yeah, Peacock, so, um, go ahead and sponsor the show. <laughs> please, code, please, code nerd. To- <laughs> <laughs> um, so my my number four is the Batman. Um, All right. Yeah, let's talk about the Batman, man. I mean, Robert Pattinson. Now, this is a movie that I. Well, I think it's probably further on Christian's list. Christian, where do you have it? It's on my number three. Okay. Okay, Okay, cool. So we can talk about that after. So let's go ahead and move on to number three. Okay, my three is After Yang. Uh, I want to see that. Which, gosh dang it, this movie threw me through. I just watched it this this week. Um, You know, brief synopsis here. Like, somewhat near future, a family basically has an android that acts as an older sibling for their daughter that they adopted. She is um, Chinese heritage. And so as a way to try and connect her to her heritage, they get a robot who is also visibly Chinese to kind of, and knows about Chinese culture. It has been Mm -hmm. like basically given the data bank of Chinese culture to try and help connect her to her heritage. Um, But in the beginning of the film, that their android essentially like breaks down and and dies. And so in trying to find out what happened to their robot, Colin Farrell, the father of this family, who's kind of tasked with figuring out how to fix this robot, ends up seeing the world through this robot's eyes. And how does a robot essentially um, find meaning and find a reason to live as a robot. What does it mean to live as a robot? What does it mean to live and love as someone who can't, you know, when they drink tea, there's, there's this really great scene. It's probably the best scene in the movie where Colin Farrell, who is amazing in this movie, he is, this, this is like the lobster level performance for him. It's it's incredible. Um, He's, he is talking about tea. He's a tea salesman and he's kind of explaining the beauty of tea and why he loves it so much and what it means for him and the heritage of tea. And here he's explaining this to someone who visibly comes from a culture that essentially began tea, right? Mm-hmm. He's this um, Chinese uh, uh, presenting robot and they are kind of connecting and he drinks the tea and he has this like moment of euphoria as he has this moment that he as a human can experience. And yet his robot son drinks the tea and can feel nothing. And it's, and you can see the pain on both of their faces as they kind of realize what's going on. It is gorgeous filmmaking. It is, I've, I've thought about it 
multiple times a day since I watched it. It's just a movie that has stuck with me. And I was like, is this better than Top Gun? <laughs> so um, for me, I was like, this is top three. I, I, I love After Yang. I mean, it's pretty breezy. I think it's only 90 minutes. It's pretty right. short. But gosh dang it, this is a gorgeous, gorgeous movie. And I, I can't recommend it enough. It's Thanks. very quiet and meditative, but it's it's a beautiful film. Mm-hmm. I love it. I remember seeing um, like some of the promos for the Batman and Colin Farrell would be would just interrupt. He was like, look, it, I, I know you guys are going to see the Batman. Like there's a huge marketing campaign. But if you can please go out and watch After Yang. Oh, did um, he really? Yeah, like multiple times on like, multiple dude. interviews. And I was like, That's is, awesome. is that even legal? Like <laughs> Warner Brothers allow that? But I mean, yeah, I've, I definitely want to check it out. He's so proud of it. Yeah, yeah, he so should be. Really cool. He's great. He's so good. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah, that's the thing with Colin Farrell. Like he's, he can like if he's given the right material. Yeah. Like I mean, that's the thing. I mean, that Colin Farrell. Sense. He he went from like you know everything he was doing in the two thousands, but in the last like decade or so, he's kind of become yeah. this like indie darling where he's in these kind of smaller budget art house films. And he blows it out of the water mm-hmm. every time. My girlfriend's Absolutely. one of her favorite movies is in Bruges. And she's oh, been okay. like yeah. so desperately trying to get me to watch it. I'm like, I haven't, I don't know why I haven't sat down and watched it yet. But she's like, you'll love it. It's Colin Farrell. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But yeah, um, you're on your number three, right, Christian? Oh uh, yeah, my number three is the Batman. Cool. Um, all right, we can find I, I think this was my most anticipated of the year being such like a Batman nerd. Um, I I really, really enjoyed it. I I think. You, I, it was like right before we were going to watch it and uh, we were having dinner and I think my girlfriend was like, what if it sucks though? And I'm like, <laughs> like <"Get on!" laughs> um, and I, I mean, that's fair, but I think I was like really banking on it. Like again, expectations. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I, I felt like it ex- exceeded my expectations, at least from what I wanted from a yeah. movie. I felt like it was like, aside, you know, like Batman Begins was great because it, it just felt like this kind of, like let's tell the story of how this all started but like i it, it was nice to see like a kind of a batman year 3 that actually just focused on batman and wasn't just mm-hmm. completely about his his villains i feel like every batman movie kind of becomes that you know like as much as i love the dark knight that was a joker movie you yeah. know um and amazing amazing joker movie you know what i mean but like it was it's always batman kind of reacting and it's not like this movie wasn't just batman reacting because he was they were always a step behind you know mm-hmm. what i mean and i think in the end they lose uh ultimately but uh i think it was kind of really nice like it wasn't just about like a memorable action shot or like action scene um i still see safe a lot of people that are like ben affleck man is still my favorite batman that warehouse scene and I'm like, I mean, you then the Arkham games, just play the games. You can do it all over, over and over again. Right. Um, but I, I don't know. I really, really did enjoy it. But I think Kevin and I, we've had this conversation mm-hmm. about the rewatchability. And right. like, you know, so I, rewatchable. I, right. Was that? It's so rewatchable. So we were kind of <laughs> saying like, we, I, I've seen it twice. I saw it twice in theaters. And I think I saw it one more time on streaming, mm-hmm. um, but that's it. I, I bought it on Blu-ray. It's still unwrapped. Like I, I, I haven't checked it out yet because so, I want to check out the special features. But go ahead. Yeah. No. Um, so I, I, yeah, I, I saw it twice in theaters. Watched it again on streaming. Then I was like, "This is a fantastic movie," um, but it's 
Dark Knight's on, right? Dark Knight's on. I'm going to turn on the TV. I'm going to turn it up. I'm going to sit down and watch it. I don't know. I don't mind. I, I like movies that are, you know, slow burns, you know, meditative and stuff like that. And I think that the Batman does so many more things right than the Nolan trilogy as far as focusing on Batman and stuff. I don't know if it's just because I have this ADD brain or whatever, but I'm going to watch The Dark Knight over the Batman any day, right? Because to me, it just, it moves quicker. It's, uh, like you said, it is a Joker story, but sometimes I feel like, it, sometimes I feel like the Joker is a more interesting character than Batman. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. Um, and um, I like, <clears throat> I, and I really like Christian Bale as Batman. Um, but this, uh, like you said, though, everything you said about the Batman was 100% spot on. Like, I have no, like, I can't point out very many things in that movie and be like, that was like horrible. They shouldn't have done that. They shouldn't have done this. Like right. they nailed everything they set out to nail. Matt Reeves, he did an incredible job with the character. He created a Gotham city. Like I had never seen before, mm. but like I had always imagined it being, you know what I mean? Like it didn't seem too cartoonish, but it seemed it was the animated series, right? Like it reminded me of the animated series a lot where it was grounded in some sort of reality and you believe that people live there. Um, you know, I feel like the Dark Knight trilogy, they it grounded it a bit too much for me. Like it just didn't feel, it just felt like, you know, Chicago. <laughs> it was just like Chicago. Shooting it in three different cities didn't help them either. Yeah. Right. Uh, I think right. when it comes to like Gotham as a character. Right. And I talked about this on my show that when it comes to Batman, there's there's three key pieces to the Batman. Like, right. Mythos, I remember that. Right. Answer, yeah. Where you have the Batsuit the Batmobile and Gotham. Gotham. And those three things need to work together mm. in order for a Batman movie to work. Batman and Robin, like the bat suit doesn't work, even though the Gotham I think is, is pretty fun in there. And yeah, the Batmobile I, is kind of yeah, cool. Absolutely. The bat suit, like it lends itself to just like the, the rest of the film falls in line behind the bat suit in that movie and everything becomes too campy and it becomes something entirely different. Um, the Nolan movies work really well because those three elements are there and, and cohesive aside from kind of Gotham being shot in three different cities and having slightly right. different feels. Um, but they kind of get away with like the narrows and Batman begins being significantly different from other parts. I wish that all of Gotham had just been the narrows, yeah. Vibe, right. but yeah. Right. Um, yeah, in this one, I think you have three different pieces that feel so a unique and original, but also fit who Bruce Wayne is in this moment as Batman. You have his bat suit, which is kind of just like a I made this at home out of leather in a sewing machine yeah, type amazing. thing, and um, you know a guy who's literally figuring it out, and his suit is doing that right when he does the like he jumps off the the clock tower right or the off the building and he has the like squirrel suit and he ends up like smashing into like a truck like mm. that's great stuff and it all kind of falls back under his batmobile i'll say personally my favorite batmobile in a movie yeah, yeah. um and Gotham, to your point that city breathes it feels so it real yeah. and um you know part of that is how much inspiration they took from from like just new york city i mean they're literally in madison square garden at the end um but yeah i i think those three elements make that movie work so well casting is off the charts um as soon as robert pattinson got announced i was like this is money baby oh like, yeah this is a great yeah. pick 
Um, and everyone who was like, oh, you guys are casting Edward Cullen as the Batman. Mm-hmm. I was like, dude, watch literally more movies. <laughs> any, yeah. Like, <laughs> like go honestly, watch Good Time and get back to me. Yeah. yeah, Good Time. And honestly, it was his role in, in Tenet that really kind of sold me that he was Bruce Wayne. Like it really was. I, I was on board the whole time, but seeing mm-hmm. him like in that dapper suit and just being yeah. that kind of, you know, that's what really sold me. I was like, okay, like, I could do this. Like, yeah, it's, it's cool, you know. Yeah, um, yeah, um, but yeah. But Batman, Batman's good. Um, we're at number three, right? Number three. Yeah. Wait, that was um, that was my that was my number, number three. three. Yeah. What was your number three? Uh, my number three is Top Gun Maverick. Um, where's yours at, Christian? Mine's two. Top Gun. That's my number two. Okay. Um, so go ahead and go number two, Brandon. My number two is RRR. Which, <sighs> is that which? Okay, so that's your number two. Yeah. Um, dude, like <laughs> I've I had seen people talking about this on Twitter. I tried to go see it in the theater, but my none of my theaters were showing it. Um, I may or may not have found a copy online that was an actual Telugu. Um, but RRR is very close to number one for the year for me. It's Yes. Very close. I mean, um, you've got uh, these two friends who um, become friends, but they're kind of enemies. They don't know that. Um, And I mean, the action scenes in this movie are off the charts. I feel like the less you know about it, the better. Absolutely. Sit down and just experience this three hour movie. Um, And I you're not going to see a blockbuster like this in America. Like no. you're just, you're just not, there's so much spectacle and uh, somehow it doesn't lose itself in its central themes and its characters in all the craziness. The craziness is never there out of irony or out of like something for you to like point and go, Oh yeah. Right. To it all no. fits narratively and thematically. Um, and I mean, I said this earlier. Movies for the boys. I couldn't help, my, I couldn't help myself a couple times. Got me real choked up. So it reminds uh, me movie about just like I said, two enemies that don't know that they're enemies, but they become brothers to each other, and the way they support and love each other throughout the film is beautiful. I love it. I'm obsessed with it. Go see RRR. It's on Netflix. It's so damn good. It's really good, and it reminded me of in that way where you said it's not about this. Uh, you know. It, the spectacle is there for a reason. The spectacle is there. It fits into the story. It reminded me of Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon in a way when that movie came out. Like that was oh. a big deal when it came out. Mm-hmm. And it kind of had the same kind of, had the same effect, right? It had this massive spectacle, these really cool fight scenes, these just amazing things like you had never seen before, but it all fit within the narrative of the story. The heart was always there. It never escaped them. And that's this movie reminds me of crouching tiger in that way where it's yeah a very singular vision too it's 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 beautiful it looks beautiful it looks incredible like there were some scenes like like i was reading your review of it brandon when you wrote on facebook and like legitimately i was the same way just sitting there like like did that just happen like my awe like it was just this awe factor of it right you're just like blown away the whole time by what you're watching on screen uh and 
it's wild too, man. Like I, I'm not gonna like there were some things there that I was like, oh, like you can't do. Like they did that. <laughs> like they they did that, and it yeah. worked so well. Like it shouldn't. And it sounds horrible, but it's not, it shouldn't work, right? Like there's some things in there where you're just like, this shouldn't, this shouldn't work within the story. Like this just shouldn't. It shouldn't, but it shouldn't work as well. There's a number of things where you go that shouldn't work as well as it does, and yet for them to have in the middle of this big action blockbuster to have a dance battle, my gosh, that goes so unbelievably ham that I have pulled it up on Netflix just to watch (laughs) that five minutes. Oh, same multiple times. Oh, that's cool. Um, it's it's oh my gosh i'm in love with this movie i'm in love with this movie i cannot believe it's my number one until i see what my number one is yeah no absolutely um what's your number two chris uh top gun top gun is my number two um yeah i i've seen it twice in the theaters um not not we didn't necessarily like go out to see it twice it was just my girlfriend's brother was in town he hadn't seen it yet we're like we'll take him um and i was happy to do it it was not like Mm. i was like oh darn it um (laughs) Yeah, it was, it's it's fantastic. I can't find. I, I think we, we. It's hard to talk about Top Gun and not be like it's perfect, uh, but it's kind of kind of perfect. I don't know how else it's, to describe it. You know, like, it's movies like I mean, Top Gun are they're going to have to Top Gun's going to have to exist in order for theaters to survive, right? So like right. these big spectacle movies are going to have to they're going to have to draw audiences. They're going to have to be good too. And Top Gun is a perfect example of what we need now to keep theaters up and rolling, to keep people mm-hmm. coming. Um, and it hits every single beat too. Like, like you yeah. have, it, it's, it's, it's the four quadrant movie, right? Like it's, mm-hmm. everyone's going to see this thing. And even if you never seen Top Gun in your life, you probably went to go watch Top Gun. Like whether your dad went to go see it or, you know, someone took you to go see Top Gun and I don't know how much of it's repeat business or whatever, but this thing is just blowing everything out of the water. And there's a good reason for it too. I think that it's showing that the perfect legacy sequel is one that doesn't force you to watch the first movie. Right. <laughs> I mean, exactly. Blade Runner 2049 kind of does the same thing. You don't have oh. to have seen Blade Runner right. in order to get what's going on in 2049, which my opinion is the other perfect um, legacy sequel. Yeah. Um, and so the actions it made it benefits from a script that although this movie is like two hours long the script itself i mean in Oof. terms of like the narr- the narrative mm-hmm. it's pretty lean i mean it is we have our mission that we're going on and then we have some kind of side stuff going on with the characters that help kind of expose them more so that these this mission at the end means more to us exactly the only thing that keeps me from calling this a perfect movie is that i think it's- um, while Jennifer Connelly looks perfect in this movie, I think that her character is just a little too thin. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I mean, she's just like with all of her might and strength trying to pull a real character out of right. the minimal work they gave her. Um, but she essentially exists to try and ground Maverick more so that there's a little bit more, there's more peril for us as an audience when there, when danger is coming for him, there's more peril for us when we know that he has someone waiting for him back home, rather than like he's right. just a guy right. who like this is what he was meant to do, and if he dies, he dies, and he's okay with that. He has a reason to go home. Um, but I talked about this on uh, Pastrami Nation. Mm-hmm. This is a movie about making movies for Tom Cruise. Yeah, and I love I, I love your assessment. Yeah, and absolutely. I. I 
he he knocks it out of the freaking park. I mean, gosh dang it, this thing is so good. In the pantheon of the greatest sequels ever made. And yeah. you know, this thing just crossed a billion dollars. And all those Paramount executives that were like, let's just put this on Paramount Plus, please. Ugh, yeah. Ooh. Just let us do it. And Tom Cruise said, No, F you guys, we're gonna yeah, put this yeah. thing in the theater. Oh, we'll wait. I will wait and put this in the theater. He's showing the power of the theater. I mean, how many people have re-watched this in the theater? They've Absolutely. paid money to see it multiple times. Yeah. I know I have. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Yeah, definitely. I, I love that movie. Yeah, Top Gun is incredible. Um, so let's get to our number one spot. Um, I think we're all in that. On the okay, let's do it. Yeah. So yeah. Brandon or whoever wants to say it. We can yeah, all just say it all at once. Ready? One, two, three. Morbius. Oh, <laughs> Dang, you took my joke. <laughs> um, yeah, Everything Everywhere All at yeah. Once is yeah. how all Easily. of our number one movies. Easily. Yeah. yeah. I find that, that uh, you know, I haven't seen every movie out this year. But it, I, I I cannot imagine another movie coming along taking the spot. I just I I'm trying to figure out. Obviously, again, I haven't seen everything, so I don't know. But I cannot imagine a movie coming along that is going to have such an effect on wh- how, what I think a movie can be, <laughs> and and like how how much it 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 just affected me on, on so many different levels on a, a personal level on a just a spectacle level on uh, you know we talked about top gun being for a quadrant and this isn't i mean i don't know if it's particularly for a quadrant but i feel like it should be i feel like it is i just don't feel like enough people are giving it a chance a lot mm-hmm. of people have don't get me wrong um but um yeah uh personally it's one of the most unique interesting and uh I, you know, it, it challenges you to use your brain, you know, enough to where it's not overbearing, but it's just enough to be like, to make you think about life and everything else going on around you. Yeah. Um, a couple of years ago during the pandemic, my theater showed Jurassic Park. Um, okay. And I was sitting next to my wife and the movie ended and I turned over to her and I said, you know, if some if I found someone that had never seen a movie before and I wanted to show them what movies could do, I would show them Jurassic Park. Makes sense. I would double feature that with everything everywhere <laughs> all at once mm-hmm. because you want to talk about movies getting away with stuff that they should not. I mean, this just keeps doing it yeah, over and yeah. over. The whole movie shouldn't work. None of it. And yet it, it just keeps working from start mm-hmm. to finish. Um, it's it's like it's and i I, i've only seen it once i just Mm -hmm. got the 4k over the weekend i've only heard that it gets better on rewatch yeah yes um and i i I think one thing that the reason that this movie resonates so so strongly with people is because and i hope that more action movies take they get this is that it everything stems back to these characters right and so much of everything that's going on all the action stems back from this one core relationship mm-hmm. that is yeah. crumbling and that's the emotional heart of the film is this mother-daughter relationship and that's why it's so good mm-hmm. is because we feel for these characters and 
we see all these different universes in which their relationships are slightly different. And, you know, if I had gone this route, what would, where would you be? And if I had gone this route, where would you be? Um, the action's unparalleled. I mean, like, you won't find yeah. a better action movie this year. No. Um, it's also one of the funniest movies this year. Oh, yeah. I love, mm-hmm. I love Daniels. Um, I don't know. Have you guys seen Swiss Army Man? I've not seen Swiss Army Man, but I I regret it. But I I have been a Swiss Army Man truther from the second (laughs) I saw that movie. Um, I recommend it to people, even if I think they there's a chance they won't like it. Um, But if you haven't seen Swiss Army Man yet and you liked everything everywhere all at once, um, very similar in tone. They're very good at Mm -hmm. using complete nonsense to tell real heartfelt stories. And same thing. That movie shouldn't work, and yet for for I think that it does for some people it doesn't, but um, yeah, everything everywhere all at once. Uh, gosh, I fun, funny, action packed, a movie that again I I think I cried the last twenty minutes of this yeah. thing. Yeah, uh, and a lot of it stems back to the same reasons that I love Turning Red so much. There is a lot of similarities between everything everywhere all at once and Turning Red. Absolutely, um, and. Yeah, if you haven't seen it, I'm you are you are missing out. You are missing out. Yeah, no, yeah. Sure. I I think you know it, it's a really specific story because you know what I mean like they really also kind of it's it's about this Chinese family you know and like the the relationship between like an immigrant mother and like you know an American kid, but it's so relatable to everybody. Mm-hmm. I don't, th- you know what I mean? You don't have to be Chinese to understand this no. or mm-hmm. even be like female to understand this, you know what I mean? Or, or, or be a, a parent, you know, we, we've all, we can all kind of, I, who's, whose parent hasn't called my mom calls me fat all the time. You know, like, <laughs> I think that's definitely something I can, I can relate to if, if, yeah. if not like, you know, the, the strain of, of, of time and, and culture, you know, um, I, I, I don't know. I, I thought it was just really beautifully done. I've seen it twice. Um, I did that painting of her. Um, yeah. And like, I was rewatching it. I downloaded it. I still haven't got a physical copy yet, but yeah, it was just, it was such a mistake to try to paint and watch that. Cause I did not get any painting done, uh, but it, it was nice. Cause it got me in the mood again. And it was like a lot of fun. Um, yeah. It's, it's such a, such a beautiful movie. I, I think if I asked my girlfriend what her top five, cause we watched all the same movies, I don't think that would have been her number one. Uh, cause it's just too weird for her. Mm-hmm. She, she literally said that it's just too weird. Um, I don't know. It might be top gun for her, but I know she loved the Northman too. So, mm-hmm. um, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I think. And one thing, another thing I love about it is it doesn't paint either one as the villain, right? So the daughter and the mom are both, you know, they both have their issues with each other, but, you know, again, like you were saying, relatability, like you were, everyone was that kid, you know, who had the overbearing parent, you know, and I, mm. you know, I know culturally it's different, but I think overall it's the same. I saw a lot of, you know, her and like my stepmom and stuff, you know, I saw a lot of the relationship stuff and it's just universal and it's, yeah. um, and it hits on, on every level. And, the cast is just outstanding and it's the first blu-ray i've bought in, in a long time like i'm not gonna lie like i've been out of the physical media game for a long time because yeah. just you know life and just everything but this is the first one i actually went to the store this morning to go buy because i had to have it i have to know <laughs> my wife hasn't seen it yet like it's it's just that that good and i don't think i've anticipated a, a release like this 
in a, in a, in a, in a while. So um, everything, every all at once, all of our number one picks. Um, yeah. yeah. Go check it out. Kihui Kwan. Welcome back, bro. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I hope to see him more in the future. Um, you know, and I, I'm sure we'll see everyone in the, everyone from this movie in the future and more from Daniel. So I know they were talking about, we were joking about getting them to do a Marvel movie and even they were like, Nope, we're good. Oh, yeah. I mean, Thank speaking you. of which in a year we're where good. we've had like two multiverse movies from like big budget oh, multiverse movies, they did it better. I mean, I mean, I don't want to say that. They did. Kind no, of. no, they did. Yeah. They kind did. Of. And I tell yeah. people too, people are like, you know, they ask me about Dr. Strange and they're like, should I watch Dr. Strange? And I'm like, yes. But if you're going to see a multiverse movie this year, yeah, if you had to pick one out of two, you're going to watch everything everywhere all at once. We're yeah. going to make you do that. So, um, so yeah, everyone, that's our top 10 of the year so far. Um, you know, it's only halfway through the year. So join us at the end of the year after we all finally watch Avatar, the way <laughs> of water to see where that lands. On Number one, baby. How many, how many times did we pee during this movie? You'll have to stick around and find out. <laughs> hey, man, if we can stream an eight hour series, um, we can do that. But oh um, well, thank you guys for coming on, man. That was a lot of fun. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, thank you guys for uh for listening thank you guys for checking it out this one went a little bit long but i'm excited for it you guys i hope you guys loved it you guys enjoyed it we all had a great time how many times did you pee during this podcast (laughs) (laughs) it's all right it's just like again you know long drives to these podcasts yeah exactly Again, check out, uh, don't forget to rate and review the podcast um, on your favorite podcast app. You can find us on Spotify, uh, iTunes, everywhere you find your podcast. Um, also, if you're on Facebook or Twitter or anything, a like and a share always helps. So um, this kind of helps, you know, put more eyes on us. And uh, yeah, so thank you guys. Um, Brandon, Christian, it's been a pleasure. Thank you guys for coming on and Absolutely. Um, hope thank to do you. it again sometime soon. All right, you guys, well, have a good night. And as always, stay nerdy, America.